This is the podcast for Indelible, a documentary in progress for the week of May 15th, 2016. There is a method that can be used to diminish human nature. One approach is to bring someone into a state of overwhelming need where they can no longer imagine their physical survival. This is not something that happens after short bursts of threats or dangers, but after prolonged periods of pressure. Rogue governments often exploit this part of human nature when attempting to silence the legitimate voices of dissidents. The methods they employ include removing access to the basic needs of living. They interfere with employment, removing access to food and shelter. They interfere with relationships and community support, and so remove the badly needed safety net. The removal of community support also removes the legitimacy of the dissident's voice. Another method is to put the individual in a cage, in prison. In all methods, the dynamic is the same. You must ask for everything you need and are deprived of the ability to be autonomous. You become reliant on others. But who are these others? In prison, it is the prison authorities, the guards, the administrators, the parole boards, the governor. If outside of prison, it is also state agencies and nonprofits funded by the state and federal government who become the givers, quote unquote, of resources. If the person in need is a dissenter, this is an advantageous position for the authority. They now have in their control the basic needs of the dissenter, and they can pull the strings to make their lives unbearable if they so desire. If you speak up, your food access disappears. If you fight back, you lose your shelter. These are the basic needs human beings are not able to go without. There is another harm that comes when being put into a position of asking for what is needed. Being human, we desire to help others. We may have opinions that some people do not have this desire, but this is a misperception. Look more closely and you will see the desire has just been covered over by the frequency of need. When you do not have enough to meet your basic needs, you feel you have little to spare. You are acting from a state of fear. You wake up with it. The pounding of your heart becomes a constant companion. Fear and a lack of food and shelter and the sense that this state will continue endlessly diminishes your energy. Just to find food can take hours or days and it is not guaranteed you will succeed in finding it. The food you do find is often low quality and mostly processed or filled with carbohydrates. The diet in prisons are similar. It is a diet that breeds illness and depression. Eventually, you begin to identify with your outstretched hand and give up the idea that you can ever be a giver. Being a giver is a privileged position. 
It brings human beings satisfaction. It tells you that you are contributing to the welfare of others. When the community tells you that you are a taker through prison or by your proximity to agencies which provide basic needs, it is easier to identify with that role of taker than to try to face the loss of identification with being a giver. Identifying with the role of taker and excluding any identification with the role of giver is damaging and expresses damage to our natural state. Some of those who identify as takers are sometimes those whose self-worth is damaged at an early age. When this has occurred, they may feel they do not possess anything worth giving. Those who work for agencies in the role of giving often become callous when interacting with those with outstretched hands. But in doing so, some feel shame and bitterness. Yet they also forget that those in need are the reason they collect their paychecks. If there was no one in need, there would be no need for their organization to exist. They don't seem to consider what it would be like to not have the resources to give material support to another. If you did, you might not survive, or you feared you might not survive. Carl L. Harp was unique because he was in the position of need, not only as a child, but also in prison. But even when in this position, in prison, he sought out ways to help others. He taught others to read and brought them books, asking for the books from outsiders. He planned strategies for helping others who were without resources to not see themselves as only those in need, but as individuals with power and something to give. He refused to see himself as powerless, no matter how many times he was told by the givers that he was and should remain so. He once wrote, I don't care to die in here, but if dying for what is mine and all of humanity's by birth is my fate, it's all right with me, because I will have died on my feet, having never lived on my knees. Emiliano Zapata, a leader in the Mexican Revolution in 1910, said something similar, as did many others who refused to lose their humanity in the darkest of times. And now to change the subject. I asked John Bosch, Carl's former cellmate, about the takeover on May 9th 1979 in Walla Walla State Penitentiary by Carl Harp, Shane Green, and Oscar Washburn. They were all cellmates with John. They did this to get attention or get the attention of the press. They asked the press to publish a list of the conditions inside the prison that needed to be changed in exchange for the hostages that they took during that takeover. Articles that came out later in the press said that 
they used plastic explosives when holding the hostages. I asked John about this as he would have known. He said it was Shane Green's idea to use a can of tooth powder issued by the state to clean their teeth as a fake bomb. They hung it on the doorknob of the office where the counselors had locked themselves inside. John said the counselors were mostly male. Well, I guess the police and the media also wished to exaggerate the danger as they reported that that can that was hanging on the door, that that was plastic explosives. It seems to me that they would have known after the event that it was merely tooth powder. But I guess they too had a reason to exaggerate the danger. That's all I have for tonight. Good night.